everyone welcome to the gtm news show i got lee chesley here today hey lee thanks for joining me hey taylor thanks for inviting me i, I appreciate the opportunity awesome well we got a lot to talk about today um lee is the uh chief customer officer at longbow advantage we were just talking a second ago and um i don't think i've told you this yet lee but i think uh the chief customer officer is the best title in the entire executive org maybe i'm biased but um i you know marketing folks get chief marketing officer that's kind of boring marketers should come up with a better one first that's a side conversation sales they get chief revenue officer that's pretty cool too you get chief customer officer i think still customer officer is is the coolest um uh title and uh so i'd love to hear just from you starting out first what does that title um, mean to you and your organization? And love to hear about you know kind of some of the areas, some of the functions you lead. Um, we'll start there. Yeah, awesome. I love that you said that because um, while chief customer officer as a title has been around for a while, I kind of created it in this role. So I come mm -hmm. out of the marketing world. I've spent ten years or more um, as a marketer, and really feel like the customer is the key to being a good marketer. Um, if you don't know your customers, you don't have access to your customers, then you're probably not going to be as successful as you could be. Um, so we had some changes at our company about a year ago, over a year ago now. And um, we were just looking at how we were going to organize things going forward. And my CEO asked if I could take on um, some things beyond marketing. So he, he said, you know, we've got some gaps. Would you be interested in or willing to take on pre-sales, um, professional services, support, and customer success? And I said, absolutely. I, I love that. Thank you for, you know, the opportunity. And he said, cool, figure out what we're going to call you. Because now, you know, you have marketing and these other, other customer-facing things that kind of fit into the customer experience, fit into the customer journey. Um, and so we aligned on chief customer officer, um, but here it, it means something a little bit different. It does incorporate the customer success and support and services arm, but it's also, you know, messaging with marketing and go-to-market campaigns. And what does that look like from business development into pre-sales and, and aligning that whole customer journey? And then, of course, talking to sales. I mean, almost on an hourly basis, somebody on my team is talking to the sales team. They are across you can you can imagine across that full full suite um you know they're our biggest stakeholder where they're their biggest stakeholder as well so super cool thanks for thanks for the background and very unique um you know i'm sure there maybe there's other folks that that are in your situation but um i love how it, it grew number one out of how can we make you know create better customer experiences and i love how that focus ultimately on the customer um and then uh, yeah, number two, how can we yeah, merge more of those together? So it sounds like from day-to-day -day standpoint, uh, basically everything before they, they're in the, before they're in the sales cycle, you are interacting with them and then also post-sale. So like account executives maybe are, are outside of your department. There's a sales motion outside of your department, but everything pre-sales, marketing, everything post-sales customer success, and then also professional services, which is a nice little twist uh, <laughs> to add in there. Um, just a small little small little thing to add to the bucket. Um, super cool. That's, that's helpful. I'm curious, what have you seen um, as you've grown in, into this role and taken on these new responsibilities? 
I'd uh, love to hear like uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, as much as you'd like to share and comfortable sharing um, as far as maybe things you've learned about um, about this, you know, very interesting uh, almost vantage point that you have seeing these different parts of the customer journey. How have you been able to influence the customer journey in a cool way? And then what are some of the pitfalls maybe that folks can avoid? Um, love, to, love to start yeah. to continue there. Sure. I mean, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is that when it comes to where people are going to focus their time, the devil really is in the comp details. And so, you know, marketers over the last, call it eight years, 10 years maybe, have been comped on um, MQLs and SQLs and SALs and whatever acronym you want to throw out there. But it's been very net new revenue driven. And I mm. think that, you know, certain companies have done a great job with content marketing and convinced marketers that, you know, if, if they want to keep their jobs and remain relevant, they need to be holding themselves to net new revenue KPIs in the same way an AE or sales org would. And, you know, there's, there's some merit to that. There's a lot of goodness to it. But what I noticed when I started working across the whole customer journey is that there were pieces that were very left out of this revenue conversation or customer experience conversation because marketing is saying, yes, I can maybe help you a little bit, but I'm really ultimately going to be measured on net new revenue. And so when it comes to expansion opportunities or churn reduction um, or cross-sell upsell, marketing um, tends to be, unless the comp is structured the right way, tends to be more of a supporting character in those conversations. And um, especially in the, in the economy that we're dealing with today, where the quickest path to revenue is going to be keeping the revenue revenue you have and expanding the revenue you have. We need to, I think, as revenue leaders, reframe that conversation and start including marketing in a strategy conversation and not just in net new revenue or not just in um, even expansion revenue, revenue, but protecting revenue. How are we how are we partnering with our customer teams to reduce churn? And are there programs we can put in place, um, messages we can put in front of customers? And how are we partnering with with training and services and, and support and ways to protect that revenue? And I think there's so much goodness that has just come out of breaking down some of these silos that were existing and getting people talking to each other. Um, and then I, of course, am lucky that I'm in a place where I could say, we'll figure out comp. Like, these are the things that matter, right? Um, and let's go back and talk about what comp will look like. Do we need to adjust your goals as the company's adjusting? And I think if you have, um, you know, if you're not thinking about customers in that way and you're not involving marketing in those conversations, the marketing is going to be uh, less inclined to spend their time um, on existing customers. And I, I just think there's so much opportunity there or risk there, depending on how you look at that. Very cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, there's a lot, lot there. And I love um, a couple of things, notes I took um, that we can definitely unpack. Um, and actually, what's interesting, I was talking to a um, a, a, a leader yesterday, a CMO, and we were talking about unpacking um, the idea of how um, some organizations, actually the B2C world is a little, CMOs are actually more involved in like pricing, more involved in strategy, more involved in 
other areas of uh, of the customer journey, and how B two B for some reason we've um, I mean I, I can make some guesses, but uh, of why we've you know put all these kind of functions siloed every function. Um, super cool. I'd love to hear kind of diving deeper into a couple of those different areas. Tell me about um, uh, let's talk about protecting revenue. Tell me about how marketing. Um, even top of funnel activities, you know, you're, what I'm hearing is like, you know, marketing can do more than just top of funnel activities and have the impact across the whole org. Tell me about protecting revenue. What are some things you've been able to do to be able to combine all those functions to be able to, to keep more clients, customers? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think it's um, depending on the organization, right? You got to, you got to talk with your customer team and see what they need or where they're seeing maybe risk or opportunities. But you know, when we talk about putting customer success programs in place and really programizing how we're approaching customer success, because we weren't doing a lot of that, you know, 18 months ago, it's, you know, the customer success people have, have the, the structure and the strategy in their head and they're, they're putting that in place. Right. But you've got to scale that. Um, you need content to support any customer facing program. You know, if we're putting training plans together, we're putting QBRs together, um, partnering with the marketing team so that you can not only, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's templates and messaging and thinking about positioning new products as, you know, at those QBRs and, and partnering with marketing to get the messaging really sharp and to mm. get it, you know, programized in a way so that it's not just the customer team coming at it from, from their lens, but you're also thinking about benefits and values in the same way that marketing is as well and, and sharing that knowledge. Mm. Um, I think that's really important. And then you're going to have some of your customer base that, you know, as you grow as a company, you're going to have hopefully a large customer base and you can't scale customer success necessarily to every single customer. You may not want to. And so how can you partner with marketing to put campaigns together and to look at that more at a you know large scale communication as opposed to one to one with your customer success manager? And so, you know, really approaching, looking at the customer base and segmenting it into different campaigns or different touch points in the same way that you would an account-based marketing program and just taking that lens from, mm -hmm. you know, external ABM and putting it on your customer base is really how we think about that. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, some of that's going to be a little bit more spray and pray. And I, I hate to say that, but that, you know, that's going to be some of it. And then some of it's going to be very targeted and you're going to get battle cards and value prop and, and things like that. And that's, you know, going to be a partnership with marketing. So cool. I love it. I mean, I, I'm just seeing all these like back and forth uh, opportunities to collaborate and, and synergy. And I love the, the ABM approach. And there's kind of one to one to one, one to a uh, few, one to many. And depending on, you know, you're going to market your product, your ACV or whatever, um, there's a, yeah, you could use a combination of those two. And, and then for expansion side, I think I've seen a, some pretty cool where marketing and sales and customer success can all collaborate on specific, you know, target accounts. Um, I think that's super powerful. Um, I'd love to hear as well from you, um, where have you seen, um, so you mentioned a couple, you know, back and forth, like, you know, customer success can help marketing, marketing can help customer success. I heard a lot about marketing helping with content for customer success what about the other way around how, how have you enabled customer success to help with marketing activities um, and generate more more demand absolutely i mean those teams know more about how customers are using products and what they get excited about and what the benefits are than most other people in the organization 
and it's at a different level, right? Sales is typically talking to the buyer or the executive team, um, at least in, in where we are in an enterprise sale. Um, our customer success teams and our support and implementation services teams, they're talking with the people that are getting the value out of the product that are using it every day. And so for marketing have to have direct access to that level of information and to be able to create processes where you're getting that feedback is huge. And I, like, I'm a big believer in just creating relationships with other people in your organization and like fostering that level of communication back and forth. I don't think it needs to be super complicated, but maybe you meet with somebody once a month and just say, what are you, what are you hearing? Um, share with me what people are excited about. And, you know, I've been in marketing roles before where um, marketing was not allowed to have access to the customer because too many people were talking to the customer. Sales was super protective of the relationship. And, you know, there's only so much you can really do then, I think, as a marketer, if you don't have that level of, of access. And so it's really important to me to empower my marketing team to not only work with customer success or, or the services org, but to get them connected directly to the customers too. I think, uh, you know, most of, you know, we have a customer advisory board, marketing attends that, they're listening in on everything. Um, and I think any one of those customers would be more than willing to take a call from any anyone on the marketing team and just share, you know, what their pain points are, how they're using the product, what they're getting out of it, the value props, and probably would get jazzed about just like being part of creating that story too. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been, I think, a silo that I'm really excited that we've broken down mm. and I think has been really beneficial for the entire go-to-market strategy. Super cool. I'd love to hear more. Um, some organizations, um, I've been a part of and some have not that, that do pre-sales like business development, SDRs, I presume that's what pre-sale is in, in your world. Yeah. Um, yeah. having that fall under marketing or have that you know, fall under um, uh, in that world. I'd love to hear the pros and cons versus that uh, being under the sales org and kind of what you've seen as um, opportunities there and maybe even how to structure that um, in in that regard. Yeah, I've heard it argued both ways. Um, I don't think I had a strong opinion on it until very recently. And I've heard people say, oh, it's whichever leader has the most most bandwidth or who, you know, strength of a leader, things like that. Mm. I do think those things are important to keep in mind because I think an SDR BDR motion needs to be very closely um, managed and, and monitored. But I think marketing will have much more of a uh, stake in the game if they own the business development function because it's very easy for marketing to say, well, we did all these campaigns and we kicked the leads over or we kicked the contacts over. It's not, you know, I don't know what Joe did with them after that, right? If if marketing owns business development, owns that SDR motion and the outbound motion, then I think it connects the, the revenue responsibility with sales in a way where marketing, you know, has to deliver quality leads. And the conversation becomes much different because it's about... Um, I think it's about, you know, what's moving forward into demo, what's happening with pipeline, you know, what mm. are we converting? What are those, what are those more granular conversations look like? And sales isn't going to go to marketing and say, oh yeah, you generated 300 leads, but they were all crap because 
marketing's got to be working with the SDR team at that point much more closely because it's part of the marketing team. And you're only going to bring the sales in once SDRs qualified them. And so there's also just a level of, um, I think, helping marketing understand the, the types of leads that are coming in. And I think it's um, marketing, honestly, probably looks a little bit better in sales eyes because sales is getting much more qualified leads because they've come in through an SDR at that point. So I do think there's a lot of goodness. I know there's probably a lot of CROs that would argue that with me. Um, but I think it helps marketing be much more accountable and much better at their jobs if they have that role, if you have a leader who can manage that role in marketing. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I think there is a, there's a, obviously a bunch of different ways you can look at it. And depending on, I'm sure, yeah, deal size and like you mentioned, um, strengths and weaknesses or even just, uh, yeah, the, the maturity of your org, right? There could be reasons to, to go one way or the other. Um, it does make sense, though, in a lot of ways, I think, yeah, depending on what you want to, yeah, like you said, I think you said it best, holding marketing accountable, um, you want to hold them accountable, like, what part of the funnel do you want them to stop? Do you want them to go all the way down to opportunity? Or do you want them to stop just at MQL? I think um, most people I would talk to is like, hey, let's get marketing involved in as much as possible. And then even to your point, how can they be involved post-sale? Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about that. What are your kind of highlight? You mentioned a couple things, like customer advisory board. Um, maybe I'd love to hear about how, you know, you all structure that. Um, and then any, any other customer marketing initiatives where marketing can help, um, yeah, with that retention and expansion. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear more in that direction. Yeah. So we, um, like I said, we kind of, we kind of treat our customer accounts and then with an ABM strategy. So we have a, a book of business lists that we're looking at and saying, you know, here's where we know expansion opportunities are and we partner with sales to say these customers need to be in these specific campaigns. So sales is telling us what they're hearing from the customer and where there's specific use cases that we should put them into campaigns and things like that. Um, we also, I think customer success and sales is super aligned. So, you know, if we have a renewal coming up, they're talking a quarter before about what's going on with the renewals expansion. Is it pretty standard? Um, they tend to handle that hand in hand together as well. So, um, you know, I hate to go back to it and say it, but it really is about creating those relationships with, uh, with the other people in your org where you have mm -hmm. that trust and you feel comfortable getting granular in those conversations and, um, partnering with the, with the sales team. I mean, expansion revenue is huge for us. You know, we're an enterprise enterprise play. We're selling into fortune 500 companies. So there tends to be a lot of expansion conversations. Um, and, you know, it's just getting them into the right campaigns or saying this is going to be a one-to-one hand-to-hand -hand conversation, or, you know, these people need to go into a food and bev inventory campaign because we know that they're selling, um, you know, cold inventory and it's going to expire. So we know that use case and we get very, very specific with those sorts of things. Um, so that, you know, if, if you can't talk to your customers about the things that are specifically important to them, then that's a, that's a real problem. So we do try to get um, as close to that as we can. I love it. Thanks for sharing. And, and I think the cool part about, um, I mean, I think that it's like a twofold situation where you're going after um, a select few accounts and then you're also involved, you know, you really are focusing on integrating uh, all those departments. It seems like it should be obvious, but it still seems to be a struggle and maybe it is, 
I think you brought up a great point at the beginning of the conversation, you know, compensation and alignment there. Yeah. Um, I've never seen, um, you know, I haven't really seen a, a focus of, uh, yeah, compensated marketing on other things outside of net new revenue and same with sales too. And I think it's a big miss uh, for the opportunity to not only, I mean, like studies have shown that like 90% of your revenue potential is, is like after year one mm -hmm. um, and especially enterprise SaaS, right? And so if you think about that for a while, think about, you know, where you want to invest when it comes to the customer journey. And if you're just thinking about top of funnel, marketing and sales, huge miss, um, I think. And super cool that you just, yeah, it's so, it's so ingrained with connecting with the customer success. Um, and you have that advantage of bringing, bringing both of those together. Any other customer marketing initiatives or, or ways customer, uh, uh, customer success and customer marketing can work together? Yeah, the other thing that we mentioned or the, that you mentioned was the customer advisory board. So um, we are intentionally not salesy when it comes to working with our customer advisory board. Our goals with our cab is to get product feedback, get market feedback, um, hear where they want us to go, hear candid feedback on where they want us to improve, whether that's in our relationships or our product or billing. I mean, what, you know, whatever it is. Um, but obviously there's goodness that comes out of that, right? We mm. preview products to them. We had, there are our alpha and our beta customers. Um, you know, we just had a cab meeting two weeks ago. We do two in person and two virtual every year. We had one in person two weeks ago and coming out of that, we have five opportunities, um, for expansion because we previewed a product and in, in the conversation every, you know, five people literally raised their hand and said, I want access to that. Show me, show me more. Mm -hmm. um, we have services opportunities that came out of it because we were showing them, you know, we share use cases. They get, you know, some good intel from each other where they're talking about things that they've done. And they said, oh, you guys, you guys can build that for us. Put me together in SOW. So, you know, there's goodness that comes out of that. I'm also just a big believer in community. And I think that the more you can build your customer community and get them talking to each other about not just your product, but all, you know, all strategy as it pertains to them, they associate that goodness with your brand and the trust in your brand grows. And, um, you know, there's just so much, I think, un untapped potential in creating customer communities. And candidly, we, you know, that's really all we've done so far. I think in the next couple of years, we'll build, more community sharing and user sharing. And um, there's, you can't be salesy. You really have to take a mindset of going in intentionally not salesy. And then revenue comes out of it in ways that you probably wouldn't have, have imagined. I love it. And it's, uh, yeah, I love that mindset. I mean, as a marketer by trade, uh, that mindset of using marketing as almost like your first product is how I kind of look at it and using community as that strategy. And it's like, you're tying in your customers now and with prospects and sounds like you're creating a place that they're able to solve business objectives that maybe relate to your product or maybe like two or three degrees away from it, but it's yeah. still helping them. And you're still building that affinity. And I uh, like how you, yeah, talked about goodness of like just building that, um, really yeah, trust actually at the end of the day, right. With those folks. And, um, it's very counterintuitive because it, you know, it seems like marketing and sales should be ultimately focused on driving net new revenue, which is, that's true. But, um, sometimes it's in these like, uh, very, um, 
uh, almost nonlinear activities that that drive these results long term, right? Oh, yeah. um, I'd love to hear other things too um, in your regard. I know, and so as it stands right now, I think in 20, 2023, um, if you had somebody that was like about to go into your position, similar position, right? And what, and especially in this climate, what would you recommend somebody that's looking to either, you know, do a version of your role um, or exactly your role? What would you give them, a, you know, as a focus in 2023, especially like right now when it's going into Q2 of, of 2023? Yeah, I think um, back when there was a lot of VC money being thrown around or, you know, even public company companies were willing to spend a little bit more, you could solve a lot of things in your process or in pipeline by just creating a lot of new pipeline. And so if you had pipeline leak or if you had churn or if you were missing out on expansion opportunities, you could solve that with more pipeline because you could spend more to get more in, or you could hire, you know, three more salespeople or SDRs or whatever it is. I don't think companies have the flexibility um, financially that they did before. So my advice would be to focus on creating super strong relationships with the other leaders at the org, um, namely the revenue leader and probably the CEO, or if there's a CEO or COO or, you know, those, those relationships we need to be super strong. Um, align on what the KPIs and goals are and get strong reporting into place to hold everybody accountable. And then work backwards from there to diagnose where are their opportunities, where are their problems, how can I replicate goodness, and how can I, um, how can I fix risk? And I would look at it very much from just that programmatic perspective, as opposed to going in where I think two years ago it was, well, you better, you, you've got to go in and make an impact within three months because you have all the budget and tools in the world. Mm -hmm. We're not in that place anymore. And so you've just got to get super aligned on turning every single lever that you have available to you. I love it. Building strong relationships and KPIs. Um, and working backwards and, and working as a team, super cool stuff. We were about out of time here. I'd love to hear how can folks uh, get a hold of you, connect with you? Sure. Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. That's about the only place I hang out these days, um, but would love to connect with anyone who, you know, wants to continue this conversation. I, I love talking about um, revenue and go to market and the importance of thinking about marketing a little bit differently. Super cool. Thanks again so much for coming on. Great conversation. We'll definitely put your LinkedIn in the show notes. Thanks everyone for listening and take care. Thanks Taylor.